Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. Palm Sunday, guys, we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem. And that's according to Matthew uh, chapter 21. And I, I encourage you guys, read that. Matthew 21, especially the first 11 verses. Because when Jesus enters in Jerusalem, this literally marks the beginning of his journey to the cross and to the resurrection. And so today, Palm Sunday, we celebrate that, where he's entered into Jerusalem, uh, riding on a donkey, according to the scriptures. And when he was entering, the people, they literally laid and waved palm branches, which symbolizes victory, okay, that they were going to overthrow the Rome Empire. Empire. And and so they, they, they waved these palm branches, symbolizing this victory that they had. But what the people didn't know, the people didn't, didn't know was the long road that Jesus was going to have to walk, the road that he had to take to go to the cross, go to the grave, go to the tomb, but then come back alive again. And because, but the, the thing is, Jesus did, and because of this, because of an act of obedience, today we get, to, we get to worship, we get to celebrate a risen king every single day of our lives, okay? We get to celebrate that. Now, I know Palm Sunday is once a year. We, we, it marks the day when he went in. But every day of our lives, the moment we have Jesus Christ and we see him alive and active in our lives, we get to celebrate that every single day. Now, they screamed out, Hosanna, highest praise. Every day, we can shout that out. Lord, the victory. We walk in victory because of you. And so we celebrate Palm Sunday. You'll see the palm branches out. You'll probably see it in the generations department, these palm branches with the kids coming out, because they're learning that right now as we speak. And so Palm Sunday is a great mark uh, in history where Jesus enters into Jerusalem and is ready to take that road. And I think it is so awesome that we can celebrate that so freely here. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for an opportunity just to, just to get into your word. We worship you, Father God. Lord, I just thank you right now that the word that is coming out of my mouth, Father God, has nothing to do with me, my opinions, my mindset, Father. I yield to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister in a hundred different ways, Father, as you use me, Father God, to speak your word. Thank you for hearts being open and transformed, minds being set free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so... We look into the scripture, and again, I encourage you guys to read Matthew 21, okay? But there is also an enemy named the devil that's trying to stop and corrupt everything that God's doing. And today, I want to expose that enemy to you, because this enemy, he speaks too. And when he talks, it's just lies. And so what I want to talk to you guys about is the big lie. The big lie that a lot of believers fall into and believe, the big lie that slows us down to, for, for, for pursuing Jesus Christ in our personal lives, the big lie that just is stumbling block to a lot of God's people. And today I'm going to expose the enemy. And what the enemy does, the devil, what he does is that he finds a battlefield so he can counter every single thing that God's trying to invest in us. And that ba- battlefield starts right here in our minds. 
Now, if you think about it, a lot of times we go through something, it really is just a mind game that we go through. We, we hear it put in that type of phrase. It's a mind game that we go through. But what the enemy understands is that there's a battlefield. Because even though you may have Jesus in your, in your heart and he has no access to your heart, he's going to do everything he can to go here so you can disqualify yourself in here. And so we have to look at and we have to understand that our mind is a battlefield that the enemy is trying to, trying to go. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us to renew our minds daily. Daily, because he understands there's this battle that we're going to face on a daily basis. We're going we're gonna to fight this thing, uh, and, and a lot of times it's going to be disguised as ourselves or as people, but in, and in reality, and what's really happening, it's just the influence of the enemy trying to slow us down and stop us to pursue Jesus. And what the enemy's mission, what he's trying to do is he's trying to mess up our belief system the moment we come to Christ. He's trying to mess that all up. You see, because even though God came to create, the enemy's trying to corrupt. He can't create. He doesn't have that power to create. Honestly, he has no power in my opinion. He has no power. The moment you have Jesus, his power is deactivated. He's got nothing. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to mess with our belief system. And, and when, we heal, when we allow him to mess with our belief system, in other words, when we just don't know what to do and we panic and just allow that to consume us, as believers, it leads us to working for our righteousness. We start working to look good before God. We start working to be loved a little bit more by God. And God's, that was not how it was created. Again, God created something, the enemy's trying to corrupt it. Because the scripture tells us that our righteousness is from God and God alone. Now, last week we had an awesome time with Pastor Dwayne here giving us a message. And he had this really cool illustration about a rearview mirror. Do you guys remember that? And that rearview mirror, he said that you can't be driving down the road and, and just looking in the rearview mirror the whole entire time. You know, seeing what's behind you. Yeah, I mean, you, you're either going to end up in a, in, a, in a ditch, some type of crash, get off, get off course. And I thought that was a perfect illustration of, of how we do live that today, because the enemy understands that. If we can get our focus on the past, on the back, what's behind us, who we used to be, we can't go and fall. We can't be led. We can't. And the enemy, what he tries to do, what the devil tries to do is he tries to have us hang on to our past so it slows us down for our next step that we do with Jesus. But not only that, not only the past does he try to connect us to, but he also tries to connect us to the future. And we start worrying about what the future holds for us. We start, we start worrying about what is this gonna look like? How am I gonna do this? I have no idea. So what, what happens is now the enemy has connected us to our future, what's far ahead, and it paralyzes our decision-making for today. We make not so good decisions today because we are so worried about tomorrow and what that's going to look like. So it slows us, it paralyzes us in our walk. So holding on to the past, it slows us down to go to the next step. Worrying about the future slows us down and paralyzes us to making any decision for today. And the enemy is trying to get us to a point where we can just take our own selves out. In other words, hanging out in the past or worrying about the future is not God. That is not who God is. In Matthew chapter 6, now when you look at uh, this, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people, and he's being challenged by the Pharisees, the people that, that are, are really religious and don't know the Son. They claim to know God, but just don't know the Son. They have no relationship. They're more in a religious side of uh, a point of view. And they challenge Jesus. 
and through this whole scripture. And in verse 34, I love it, 634, it says this. Jesus says to the people, so don't worry about tomorrow, okay? For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I look at that scripture, and I see that God has not talked about the past. God has not talked about the future. He's talking about today because he understands there's enough on our plate for today. And if we can take it one step at a time, if we can bite this one step or one, take one bite at a time, we'll conquer this day in Christ. Because God always is. He's not past. He's not future. He's present. And I want you guys to hear me very carefully because I don't want this to be misinterpreted, okay? I am not talking about God's nature. That's not what I'm talking about because Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? God is saying that. So I'm not questioning or talking about God's nature. What I am saying, though, is that God doesn't want us to camp out in the past or even in the future. He wants us to be present with him today. That's what I'm talking about, okay? So when the enemy wants us to camp out in the past and then in the future, he tries to target these areas in our lives. See, because when we sit and take camp and we don't move and we stay exactly where we're at, now he, we're open. We put this big old target on our chest and now he's going at it. And we're struggling and we're thinking about our financial life and our relationships and what I used to be and how I was addicted at one point and what am I going to do tomorrow and I can't really afford it. And before you know it, we are just disqualifying ourselves. He's targeting these things in our lives. So the enemy is being exposed right now. I want you guys to understand that there is an enemy that's here to still can destroy. And I want you to understand that he's here uh, to, 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 to corrupt the mission of God. But I want to expose that to you guys. Now, I want to show you the targets that the enemy brings, that, that he targets in. Now, there's a bunch in our life, but I think there are three main important ones that he's trying to target in our personal lives. And the first one is our confidence. You see, how we value ourselves determines how confident we are. Let me say that again. How we value ourselves determines how confident we are. Are we confident or are we not confident? And let me give you guys some news. Without Christ, we fall short. Without Jesus, we really have no true confidence. It wavers. I mean, we may be brave for a moment. We might just make it the first two steps, but there is no true confidence because confidence comes from Jesus Christ. See, confidence isn't walking into a room comparing ourselves to others. That's not what confidence is. Okay, what confidence is, is walking into a room and not comparing yourself to anyone at all. Because you know who you are. You know Jesus. You stand in Jesus and Jesus dwells in you. So there's this true confidence in your life. Now in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I have this cool translation, uh, New, Testament, New Testament Bible. And it's pretty sweet because it's as close as it can get to the Greek. Okay, and I love what it says. It says that I am strong enough to face anything through Christ who gives me power. He gives me power. Now that scripture alone shows us that Christ has power. And that when Christ dwells within us, we have confidence built within us. Now we have the power and authority as Jesus Christ gave. 
Grasping his strength and not ours, guys, is walking with confidence. When you're weak and you just can't do it and you don't know where to go and you just hold on to his strength is walking in confidence. See, it's something that, that ties into knowing who Christ is first. And what the devil is trying to do is he's trying to do everything he can to make us lose sight or lose focus of that. Because if we can lose focus of confidence, then we truly don't know who we are, which goes on to our next target that the enemy is trying to get. And that's our identity. Now, I know, we've, I know in the past we've talked about identity so I won't go too much in depth of the identity part of things, but I want to show you the tactic of the enemy. And the reason why I want to show you these tactics is because um, I'm going to relate this to football because I'm a huge football fan, okay? But you see game days on Sundays, right? College is Saturday nights, Friday night lights for varsity high school football, right? You see game day, okay? But what you guys don't see is what happens through the week, now, there's the practicing and the, and the huddling and, 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 and coming together and practicing and redoing the play and redoing the play and learning to read the defense, okay? And a lot of the times, they're sitting in their locker room and they're studying a film of the week before or the opponent that they're about to play. And they're watching how they over and over and over and taking notes, taking notes. What they're doing is they're, they're studying these tactics, of them. So when it comes to game time, when, when it's, when it's head-on collision and we're going forward, they can read things and they can call an audible. And an audible is changing the play at the moment, okay? So when they're, when they're coming full blitz at the quarterback, he can say audible, audible, or Omaha, Omaha, according to Peyton Manning, right? And he can change it up. And when he changes it up, they may blitz, but man, he had a guy that he just told to go this way. He tossed it that way. He might have took the hit, but man, touchdown. Because they totally read the defense. And so what I want to show you guys is there's a tactic that you can, you can walk in life. You have to understand that the enemy is going to attack, and I want to get you guys ready for that. And I believe this is the time we do so. So what he's going to do is he's going to target your confidence. Okay? The next thing he's going to do is he's going to target your identity and who you are in Jesus Christ. Okay? And so when he targets those things, and you're, you don't even realize it, man, you're going to be blindsided. Where are you, God? Where, where are you at? That's what we're going to say. We're going to bicker about it. And it's because we're not getting into the, uh, into the word. We're not getting into to his presence. We have to understand this stuff because that enemy is here, and he's going to go full blitz on us. Okay? So he targets your, 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 your confidence. I just talked about that. The second thing he targets is your identity. Okay? And your identity is who you are. Now, if you didn't know this, you are a three-part being. Okay? You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body, okay? You are made as a three-part being, and one day this body is going to be gone, buried underground, okay? But our spirit lives on forever, and the moment we accept Christ, that's our, his spirit joins our spirit, and that is who we really are. Are. That's why through the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul talking about pray in the Spirit in all occasions. Walk in the Spirit because he understands that the real identity of who we are is, is the Spirit and not our, our emotions, not, our, our, not our, our intelligence, not what we crave and desire in the flesh and the body. The real us is what's within us. That is who we are. And so when he talks to, when we, when we talk about how we are spirit, soul, and body, the enemy's trying to take you off course of that. He's trying to make you lose focus of who you really are. And he's trying to remind you before you had Jesus in your life. And he's telling you, hey, hey, you were addicted at one point. You were doing this the other day. 
But the Apostle Paul encourages us, walk by the Spirit. You see, if we can take our focus off who we really are, then we tend to disqualify ourselves or our life gets hard. And we just don't quite understand and we question God. See, our identity is not connected to our sin. Okay? Let me say that again. Our identity is not connected to our sin. It's connected to our goodness. Okay? It's connected to our goodness. And our goodness is Jesus Christ. That's who our goodness is. And so when our identity is connected to our goodness, Jesus Christ, then we have this understanding of who we are in our identity. Are you guys following me? We don't need a reminder of our sinful sinfulness, guys. We really don't need that. I think we already know that. What we do need a reminder of is our goodness. Of our goodness. In Romans chapter 14, verse 4, it says this. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, everyone say the Lord's help. help. Okay. With the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. The Lord's help is key here. Okay. Because we can never build our own identity. I don't care how hard you work out in the gym. I don't care how fast you are sprinting down the road. I don't care what you can That does not build your identity. Okay? Your identity comes for your goodness, Jesus Christ, the real you with inside of you. Okay? With the Lord's help, we find purpose for our life, which is the third thing that the enemy targets. It's our purpose. Okay? Now, we looked at our confidence and our identity. Now we're in the purpose part. When we don't walk in confidence, okay, when we forget about our identity, okay, I'm not questioning you loving Jesus and having Jesus. I'm talking about when we just don't walk in confidence and when we forget about our identity, we simply don't see purpose. Think about this for a second. Families, friends, people you've encountered, they feel like, Where, you know, what purpose do I have in my life? Why am I here? What am I doing? Most likely, they either lost focus of Jesus or they just don't know Jesus at all. And that is a good measuring tool for us to have as we walk this journey with Jesus Christ. It is a good measuring tool for us to have because, because we can indicate, man, I can share the word of the good news to these people right here. I can definitely share it with these guys right here. Because they're indicators saying, I, I, I don't see purpose in my life. I have no idea where that's coming from. See, what the devil is trying to do, again, I'm going to reveal it to you. What the devil is trying to do is that he's trying to take your eyes off the first two, confidence and identity, so you can automatically disqualify the third one in your life. Because when we don't see identity, when we don't see confidence, then there is no purpose. We automatically just don't even think about it. You see, you need confidence, you need identity to see the purpose in your life, and it only comes from Christ and Christ alone. Galatians 2.21 tells us not to reject God's grace. In other words, take the Lord's help. Take the Lord's help. He wants to help you. Don't reject his grace. It is Christ alone that gives us that confidence. It is Christ alone that gives us that purpose and that identity in us. Which brings me to my next point. The core of me 
The core of you is Christ and Christ alone. Romans 3, 21 and 22 says, But now, in fact, God's way of putting men right with himself has been revealed, and it is quite independent of the law. In other words, it's separated from the law. Okay? There's a new covenant. The law and the prophets indeed bear witness to it, so there was a purpose for the law. It was pointing to what's coming. Okay? But it wasn't the life. Now, the law and the prophets indeed bear witness to it, but it is God's own way. Everyone say God's own way. It is God's own way of putting men right with himself through faith in Christ Jesus. Again, I'm going to say that through faith in Christ Jesus. And it is available for all who believe and all without distinction. I love the fact that that it shows here in Romans that it is through our faith in Jesus that makes that identity, that confidence, that purpose available for us. And the scripture just told us that it's available for all, anyone. So you know that one person you're thinking about right now where you're like, ah, there's no hope for them. It's available. It's available for them. I'm going to give you guys a quick, quick testimony. Four or five years ago, my father-in-law, who is in Oklahoma right now, is, um, uh, was not, just not a believer. Now, if there was one person <laughs> that we felt like, yeah, there's no way God can reach that person. It was my father-in-law. And I'm not bashing him because I have a good story on this. Okay? And we did the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we believed. And do you guys remember we used to do prayer cards? Okay, well, my wife, Maddie, her dad was the only one on that list. <laughs> we had a, like an option of 12, I think, right? It was just him right on top. <laughs> this is my prayer focus. For 21 days, she prayed. I agreed with her, but she prayed. And she prayed. And she admitted in the beginning it was hard. God just blessed my dad, you know. But as time went on and as she pressed into the Lord, okay, she prayed, she prayed, she prayed. It became more earnest and more diligent for her dad. On the 21st day of the last hour, it was 11.30 at night, 11, 11.30 at night, Maddie gets a phone call, and it's her dad. And her dad's bawling, right? Dad's crying. And he says, Maddie, I received Christ. It's just amazing. I'm getting emotional, sorry. <laughs> it is available to all. That's what I'm trying to explain to you guys. This is, so if there's that one person here thinking, man, God, there's no way. There's no way. There is a way. And his name is Jesus Christ. You see, when we lose focus, when we have that mindset of uh, there's no way, what we're doing is that we're working for his and that person's righteousness as well. That work for our own righteousness. We need to try to do this and save them, but my ability will always fall short. When you think that way, you're not focused. But when you say, man, looks impossible, but God can do all things, and God has conquered impossible and he's made it possible, watch him do the rest. And because Madi was diligent, and even though she didn't see it in the natural, she just believed it in her inner man, her true identity. And let me tell you something. The devil attacked. The devil was playing in the mind games. He was in the battlefield saying, this ain't going to work. Look it. The time is ticking. What's happening? 
And what a huge testimony we have today. Now today, uh, I share this with you guys, that my father-in-law, he's fighting um, a cancer right now. But it's so good to see that it's a win-win for him. It's a win-win for him. And I asked you guys, church family, to go agree with us. Because my model right now is if he's breathing, I'm believing. Simple. Don't complicate it. Simple. If he's breathing, I'm believing. And if he goes home, I'll see you later, man. (laughs) I'll see you later. But that one moment of someone saying, it is available for all, took that plunge. And she didn't rely on her own righteousness. She relied on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ made it happen. So again, uh, going back to that scripture, the law and the prophets indeed bear witness to it, but it is God's own way of putting men right with himself through faith in Jesus Christ. And it is available to all who believe all without distinction. Okay, so if we understand through this scripture now that who the real person is in us is Jesus Christ, the inner man within us, a spirit, then what lie are we believing that's causing God's people to stumble? What is it? that we're believing, that the enemy's throwing right at us. And I'm about to expose it to you, okay? This is the lie that the devil says to you and to me and to everyone out there that that come to Christ. My performance plus others' opinions equals my self-worth. I'm gonna say that again. My performance, your performance, plus what everyone else thinks creates what I'm worth. We do that a lot. I do that a lot. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. You see? And what we do is we try to create our own identity, and it stinks. We try to gain this confidence, and it goes nowhere. Okay? And then we try to, you know, create our own destiny and purpose for our life, and we just fall short. We don't have enough money for it. We can't do this. We can't do that. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it's because we tend to, tend to base everything off our own performance. And then we add the other opinions. Who's ever done this? You know, you know you're supposed to do something, you got something, and hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> do you think I should do that? I just want to get your opinion on it. And what's happening is it's creating our self-worth. And then as soon as they say, ah, or yeah, that's a great idea, or, or shoot for, you know, whatever they say creates what our self-worth is. And the big lie that the enemy is using is that system right there. So he throws your belief system of that you, have to, you don't have to work for your righteousness. It's been given to you. That it's not your obedience. That it was Christ's obedience that made you right. That you don't have to worry about taking on the punishment and, and, and boring all your transgressions. You don't have to worry about tomorrow or, or look to the past because Christ did all that. When the enemy can corrupt that, like, uh, getting messed that whole thing up. He throws this at you. Now, your performance, Jesse, and your opinions, or other, other people's opinions for you, Jesse, creates what you're worth. And then we start believing that. And before you know it, man, we don't want to do this no more. And it gets hard. And it's not understanding. And that is a big, fat, stinking lie. It is a big, fat, stinking lie from the devil. He's sly. He knows what he's doing. And what we tend to do through that system is we start questioning God. We question God. God, was this something you really wanted me to do? Did I miss it, God? Because then, and I mean, look at it in the garden, Adam and Eve. They knew what to do. They got their plan. God distinctly told them, don't you have all this, just don't touch that. Oh, surely God didn't mean that. <laughs> he didn't mean that. He was just saying this, right? We face that a lot. 
Oh, God, God didn't mean that. He, he was wanting you to go that way, but then he also wanted you to do this on, on top of that. And before you know it, we carry this weight, and we're weighed down. We're weighed down. The enemy's using that big, fat, stinking lie to weigh you down, to slow you down. And before you know it, you, we panic. We look to our past. Man, we look to the future. Oh, man, how am I going to get there? And we just stop. I can't do this. I can't do this. But even in the midst of those moments, God is faithful. Because when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. And when, if you're feeling that today, guys, honestly, if you're feeling that right now, this is your opportunity to stop and allow God to carry you and take you the rest of the way. So the big lie, my performance plus others' opinions equals my self-worth. Performance and opinions have nothing to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do more or you can't do less. You can't, uh, whoever says whatever they want to say towards you means nothing. Because Christ did it once and for all at Calvary Hill. But where do these lies come from? Well, Jesus exposes a lie to the crowds of people. And I believe when he's talking to the people on the mountain, uh, he's also speaking to you guys as well through his living word. And in John chapter 8, verse 44, I love this. Now, again, he's being challenged left and right, but now he's just speaking to his people, okay? And Jesus says this. You, again, he's correcting the Pharisees. You are of your father, the devil. You are, the fa- you are of your father, the devil. You want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks his own nature. In other translations, uh, it says he speaks his own native language. That means that's who he is. He speaks his own native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. How blunt is that? How blunt is that, especially coming from the mouth of Jesus? That the devil is a liar. Everything he says is a lie. Everything he's trying to say, lie. Lie, lie, lie after lie after lie after lie. And that's who he is. That's his native. That's his, that's his language. Everything. Lie. And Jesus made it so plain. So when we hear those lies, we have to understand, whoop, he's trying to rush me right now. And we counter that with the word, with the living word of God. Now, when you look at this scripture, I'm gonna dissect it just a little bit, okay? In the beginning, Jesus has said this, you are of your father, the devil. I wanna look at this word, the devil, for a second, okay? Now, in the Greek, the devil is translated into two different words, okay? And one which means evil one, but this one, he wasn't talking about evil one. He was talking about this one. The devil in the Greek literally is diabolos, okay, which is God's opponent, God's opponent. Now, when you think of an opponent, especially in the sports world, you think of an opponent, an opponent is someone that's going to come against you. That's going to counter everything you're doing and try to slow slow you down or stop you from doing anything. Typically, we call it defense, but our opponent is the one that's coming against us. And in this Greek word, the devil, Jesus has literally said there is an opponent of God that's going to counter God, that's going to go against God. And I need you to know that is what Jesus said. I need you to know that. You see, the devil, again, what he's trying to do is he goes, man, he's so, what he does is that he denounces the faults of men before God. He comes to God and says, man, check what they did. Whoo, I got you there. 
He denounces the faults of men before God. Then he turns around and he looks at the people and what he does is he makes this great use of this lies for to mess up your life. He says, oh, God truly doesn't love you, man. You totally messed that one up. Goes back to God. Hey, God, check this out. The accuser. Then goes back to the people. Mm. Yeah, you tried. Good job, but you're probably out on this one. God, I, don't, I think you fell short from God on this one. And it's this mind game in the battle. And what we do is we disqualify ourselves. It was never him. It was never him. It was us allowing that to happen. But pursuing, knowing our confidence in Christ, choosing the identity in Christ, you know, following our purpose in Christ. Man, when he comes at you, in Jesus' name, shut up. <laughs> I don't know how else to say I don't want to say it nice. It's the devil. <laughs> you, you know, and so here's, here's what we need to understand. I want to remind you guys that the opponent of God is no opponent at all the moment you come to Christ. Okay? What the opponent of God is, is a defeated foe. Because when you have Christ, you've got gained victory. Well, victory from what? From that little thing over there. 2,000 years ago, he's defeated. He's lost all power. He has nothing against you, nothing against your people. He can't hold you down. He just yaps his mouth. That's all he does. And tries to puff up his chest. But he's beneath your feet. He tries to bring troubles to this world. Christ has overcome the world. He's trying to hit your weaknesses, but through your weaknesses, Christ is strong. It's a tactic that the devil's trying to do. Don't allow the lie to hinder your walk or even your decision-making for today to follow Jesus Christ. There is an opportunity every moment. Guys, don't simplify your day. Don't simplify your day trying to find the easier route, the shortcuts in life. Accept the day for what it is and find Christ in the midst of it. Because when you find Christ in the midst of it, you'll see your God show up victorious in other people's lives. Because right now, one of the battles that we're fighting is my father-in-law. I just shared that with you guys. Now, I'm not going to blubber and cry about, oh, he has cancer, he's, you know, dying and all, they gave up and all of this stuff. I am believing my heavenly father is going to do a miracle because I understand the word of God. You guys have the exact same thing. You pray for those occasions. You, you look and you seek Christ in the midst of those storms because in the midst of a storm, man, he's walking on the water. In the midst of a storm, he's saying, peace be still. In the midst of a storm, nothing can hold him down. And all of that comes from Christ. And again, it's given to all, to all, available to all. 